0: so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire.
1: Peace be with you. Friends, suppose you're a devotee of Shakespeare, and you discover that a group of high school students have barely heard of Shakespeare. They never read Hamlet they have no idea who Macbeth is. They've never seen a production of Romeo and Juliet or A Midsummer Night's Dream. They can't recite a line of Shakespearean verse. The to-be-or-not-to-be speech is just utterly opaque to them. Well, if you're a devil Shakespeare, wouldn't this situation break your heart? And wouldn't you endeavor with all your strength To draw these students into the great world of Shakespeare. Wouldn't you read to them, bring them to plays, explain difficult passages to them? Maybe if you were really adventurous, you'd bring them to Stratford upon Avon to show them where Shakespeare was born and where he's buried. You'd be convinced that ignorance of Shakespeare. Is ignorance of an important dimension of life. And you'd probably do all you could to bring these young people into contact with Shakespeare. Or suppose you're a careful student of American history. You love American history. You've discovered a group of young people who are just ignorant of their nation's story, they're foggy on the Revolutionary War and the roles played by Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Hamilton. They have no idea who John Adams was or Aaron Burr. You discover they know nothing about the run-up to the Civil War, the Compromise of 1850, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, John Brown, the abolitionists. You find they've never heard of William McKinley or Theodore Roosevelt, They know nothing about Woodrow Wilson and the League of Nations, nothing of the Great Depression or Franklin Roosevelt's attempts to extricate the country from it. Martin Luther King, the battle for civil rights, JFK's assassination, the Great Society, just vague impressions. Wouldn't that break your heart? And wouldn't you try with all your strength to tell them that great story? Wouldn't you strive with all your power to introduce these young people into the drama and poetry and beauty of American history? Wouldn't you be convinced that without this information, these young people wouldn't even know who they are? Or suppose you are a devoted Cub fan. God help you, a Cub fan like me. Let's say you're a devoted Cub fan, but you discover that your grandson knows nothing about the Cubs, nothing of their history and lore. You discover this young man has never been to Wrigley Field, doesn't know who Gabby Hartnett was, has no idea what Tinker to Evers to Chance even means doesn't know about the 1945 World Series, has no idea who Ernie Banks is or Billy Williams or Ron Sano or even Greg Maddox and Sammy Sosa. If you're a real Cub fan, wouldn't this break your heart? And wouldn't you strive with all your power to rectify the situation? Wouldn't you attempt to immerse this kid in the world of the Cubs? Wouldn't you sit down with him Watch a game on TV, explain it to him. Wouldn't you buy him books of Cubs history and lore? Wouldn't you, above all, take him on a pilgrimage to Wrigley Field, show him all of the highlights of the stadium, point out its history? Suppose, finally, you're a lover of fine music. You discover a group of kids who've listened all their lives only to frothy pop music on the radio or downloaded on their iPods. They've never heard a note of Beethoven or Brahms. They've never heard a Schubert melody or a Mozart opera. They've never listened to Rachmaninoff or Chopin. Wouldn't this break your heart? And wouldn't you do all in your power to rectify the situation? Wouldn't you make sure you arranged a trip for these kids to the Chicago Symphony to hear one of the great symphony orchestras in the world? Wouldn't you buy them classical records, teach them how to listen to them? Wouldn't you introduce them perhaps to Leonard Bernstein's famous recordings for young people? Wouldn't you bring them to a recital by Yo-Yo Ma or Itzhak Perlman? Wouldn't you strive with all your heart To bring these kids into the world of classical music? Wouldn't you be convinced that if they don't know this world, they're missing something essential about life? Now, here's why I've drawn you through all these scenarios to give you a sense of what our first reading is about, to give you a sense of what Ezra the priest was feeling in this first reading. Who was Ezra the priest? He was a descendant of those Israelites who had been carried away into exile by the Babylonians in 587 BC. For over a hundred years, Jews had lived and worked in Babylon, gradually now cut off from their traditions, their history, their rituals, their stories, and their worship. Some, like him, had striven to keep these things alive, but most Jews in time had forgotten and had become assimilated to the environing culture. Finally, King Artaxerxes gave Ezra, Nehemiah, and their companions permission to come home. And so this ragtag band of Israelites returns to Jerusalem, their great capital city. And what they found broke their hearts. They found Jerusalem, the once great capital, still a wreck, its walls breached, knocked down, the great temple destroyed. They wept. And then Nehemiah led a great campaign of rebuilding. And Ezra, Ezra the priest, he endeavored to re-educate the people who had grown ignorant of their history, of their traditions, of their rituals and practices. His heart had been broken by this terrible falling away that had occurred, and he tried, therefore, with all his heart to rectify the situation. Knowing American history, knowing the Cubs, knowing classical music, knowing Shakespeare, how, how passionately people feel about those things. Nothing now compared to the way Ezra felt about his own people having forgotten who they were, having forgotten their great religious identity. That's the context for the dramatic scene in our first reading. Ezra brings the law, the Torah, out into the open. Before the gathered community of Israel, inside the rebuilt temple, he stood up on a raised platform, and from early morning until midday, he read the whole thing to them. And the men and the women and the children Listened. All morning, hours and hours, as they stood in the sun, they listened to this great story. They listened to the laws that Yahweh had given them. They listened to who they were. So moved were they. We hear that they raised their hands in the air and said, Amen, Amen. Think of an enthusiastic crowd today listening to a preacher and waving their arms and shouting, Amen. That's the people here as they heard the law. They bowed down to the ground and then we hear that they all wept. Extraordinary, isn't it? Beautiful, isn't it? Moving, isn't it? By hearing these stories and statutes and laws, They were rediscovering who they were. They were rediscovering their deepest identity as a people in relation to God. That's why they wept. That's why they shouted Amen. Now, friends, you say, well, that's interesting ancient Israelite history. Mm -hmm. This is all about us, isn't it? This story is all about us. How are we doing today in regard to this question? Do we know religiously who we are? Do we know the great stories, the great laws, the great rituals and practices that define us as a people? 75% of Catholics stay away from Mass on a regular basis. How will they know the stories? How will they know the rituals? How will they know their identity? Here's a disturbing question, but I'll raise it. Have many of us Catholics drifted into a kind of Babylonian exile? What I mean is, have we largely assimilated ourselves to the environing secular culture? Because listen, nature abhors a vacuum, the culture abhors a vacuum. If the religious identity is extricated, something else will move in. Who will tell us who we are? The sad truth is television will tell us who we are. The films will tell us who we are. The popular music will tell us who we are. The avatars of secularism will tell us who we are. Imagine now a present-day Ezra. Someone who witnesses this situation and whose heart is broken by it. Perhaps a whole generation or two that have forgotten who they are, who don't know the Bible, they don't know the stories, they don't know their identity. How this Ezra would want to stand up one more time, gather the church together, and tell them Can you move into the space of Ezra psychologically, spiritually? Those listening to me now, chances are you've got the connection to the church. You've got a strong sense of what we're about. But do you feel Ezra's heartbreak at so many who do not? May we all be stirred today to the same kind of passionate action that we see in Ezra the priest. May we all resolve today and strive to preach and to teach and to remember and to draw once again into the power of the Bible and the church, a people who have drifted into exile. Hold Ezra the priest before your mind's eye today. And God bless you.
0: I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love.
1: Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more.
0: wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers every day, everywhere.